It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two. Pierce full away at the horn. It's gone. Morris, Ball, Beal, and Gortel. Porter can't find anybody. Gives it to Wall. Morgan gets Bradley for three. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Thanks for checking out the show. I'm your host, Ian Evans. Joining me today, we're going to try this one more time. <laughs> for, the, for, for, for those, no, no one really knows, but this it's a cursed subject. So we're going to try to talk about some Bradley Beal talk. But what's up, what's up Arthur? The, the one and only Arthur Renault. How are you, man? What's up, man? Like you, like you just mentioned, this probably won't be known, but this is the fourth time that we are trying to talk about this topic, and hopefully this is the last time. <laughs> yeah, the basketball gods, I don't know, man. They just don't want us to, uh, not allowed to throw any shade at, uh, at Mr. Bradley Beal, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, guys... We're going to end up talking about specifically Bradley Beal in this episode. You know, we're not stupid. We're basketball fans. We watch this team every night. We're obsessed with them. We know how good Bradley Beal is. We know how good he can be. We know what his ceiling is. We have a good idea of what he's capable of. A lot of you listening are probably going to disagree with a lot of what me and Arthur have to say. Because what we're going to spend the majority of the time talking about is the things that frustrate us about Bradley Beal. We'll get into that in a moment. Let's go ahead and take a short break, and on the other side, we'll jump right into it. Thank you for checking out the Locked On Wizards podcast. Don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. It's a Monday through Friday show, nationally syndicated. The best guests, the best insight, the best hosts from local experts. Check it out, guys. No matter who your favorite team is, keep it locked in. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We're back. Uh, We're kind of, I just want to jump right into it. Arthur, we're not going to 
spend entirely too much time talking about the things that Bradley Beal is good at. Everyone sort of already has an idea of what he is good at, what he's great at, what he maybe one day could be elite at. But what are some of the things, some of the things he's improved upon for the system that he's in and the type of role he's supposed to fill might not actually be a good fit for what the team is trying to do. So kind of talk about what you wish he was versus what he's kind of trying to turn himself into. Right. So what I wish he was was what he was advertised as being when we drafted him. We drafted him as the perfect running mate for John Wall. He basically was like a prototype player that you would want to plug next to a pass-first point guard. Somebody that is a lethal catch-and-shoot assassin running next to a pass-first point guard, which was what Bradley Beal was led to believe. You know, like the next Ray Allen, his jump shot is perfect. There's no flaw in how beautiful his three-point shot is. But then we, we, we get Bradley Beal, and he starts off his Wizards career, you know, with the injuries, the leg injuries, the day-to-day, the being out for, like, two years with a day-to-day injury. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. But it felt like that. It felt like every big game, Bradley Beal was absent because of his leg. Then, finally, he gets some health, but he starts to develop some ball handling, more need to have the ball in his hand to get a rhythm, to find his spots, to attack, and it's less of a catch-and-shoot opportunity. And Bradley Beal, to me, probably is going to lean more towards the ball handler playmaker type versus the catch-and-shoot that would complement John Wall perfectly. But those are my main critiques of his game, and that's not getting into what he's like in the clutch with forcing oh, trainers off himself yeah. and you know, throwing the ball out of bounds and short-arming every jump shot because he's tired. It's just there, there's a lot that's, that I can dislike about Bradley Beal. But it's just because it, it's annoying to me because he was drafted here to be a running mate, and now it seems like it's going to get into a, whose team is it, Bradley Beals or John Walls, and that's not what we need. Uh, yeah, man, I, me and you are on the same page. We agree. I think that, like you said, when he started his career out, it was almost like, okay, it's going to be Bradley Beal, and he's going to be on the wings. He's going to be in the corner. John Wall is going to make it so easy for him, and all he's going to do is just be a deadly shooter. And he's going to he's going to be that guy. He's going to be Clay Thompson. He's going to, like you mentioned, Ray Allen. Where if Kyle Korver, if he's got even a a, a, a tiny tiny bit of daylight he's gonna knock it down it's gonna be money it's gonna be automatic from three so he was gonna be this guy who would knock down a shot if he even had a little bit of space you knew it was gonna go in and you didn't even question it and that's I mean in my opinion that's kind of how he started his career with the Wizards he didn't put up kind of the numbers he was now but the impact he had was so great because it's it opened the floor for John Wall John Wall had the ball in his hands more often um, I'd, it'd be interesting to go back and look at the usage numbers because I know he's, I know Wall is still a high usage player, but it'd be interesting to see what it was back then before Bradley Beal kind of decided, Hey, I'm going to try to be a playmaker and like have the ball in my hands all the time and run the high screen and roll. And it's, it's interesting because it's not a bad thing. I, I don't really know how to describe it. It's not a bad thing that he has developed as a ball handler and he's gotten a little bit better as a decision maker, 
but it's with the system that the wizards run, it's kind of a bad thing that sometimes he has the ball in his hands a lot more than John Wall does. And the problem is, and, and me and you have talked about this too in previous episodes, but the problem is twofold. A, Bradley Beal should not be handling the ball so much when John Wall is on the team. And B, John Wall doesn't do anything off the ball. So, like, immediately you're, you're having one, one guy handle the ball who's not even anywhere close to as good as handling the ball as John Wall is and decision-making as John Wall is. And then you're also having a guy who kind of just sits in the corner off the ball and does nothing. So then the offense just is kind of a disaster. And to your point, you kind of see it late in the game. They kind of just take turns being bad, <laughs> you know? Like, so I, I agree with you. I want, I want Bradley Beal to be Kyle Korver that's slightly more athletic. And I want, I want him to be Ray Allen but stronger. Um, what I don't want is two guys who are trying to be point guards <laughs> when, the t- when the team's only got one point guard. So it's you look at Bradley Beal's numbers this season, and they're good for sure. But I think sometimes when you just look at stats, like numbers lie. And I don't know. Like talk about real quick, because we're going to wrap up here, but touch on what you mentioned with – just kind of his decision making, and he's—I I don't know how to describe it. He's kind of a klutz sometimes when it matters. Yeah, it's you—you you look at Beal, and you can assume that when he was a child, he was a child that would like trip on himself or <laughs> or just be walking, and then out of nowhere, like a bug flies around, and he tries to swat at the bug but misses, and then like falls over. That's the type of, that's the type of person that I think Beal is. But he just seems like, first of all, there, it's, this part is not an issue at all because I, I deal with a little bit of anxiety as like a lot of people do nowadays. But I feel like he deals with anxiety because you can just see like how much, you know, when he gets pressure applied to him on the defensive end, like how much that affects him. Not confident in himself. And it's just, it's very alarming. And that's my main reason why I just want him to revert back to being a catch-and-shoot assassin or be more of a Clay Thompson where you can't have the ball and, you know, make some moves and stuff, but you need to be a knockdown shooter. You don't need to get to the rim every time. You don't need to have the ball 90% of the possession to feel in rhythm. You need to be able to run around screens, down screens, catch-and-shoot. Like, that, it should be that easy, but yeah. I guess it's not. <clears throat> yeah, like, don't even, don't worry about dribbling. Use the screen, use the space, rise and shoot. Right. Kind of like Richard Hamilton, Reggie Miller, yeah. Ray Allen, whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. Kyle Corver is what I would love to see him do. Ray Allen, what he did for so long, it's all about staying in shape. He's always been a threat from three. It's never going to go away. Always going to be able to attack a closeout. When people see him wide open in the corner, they're going to run as fast as they can and close out as hard as they can. So he can pump fake and then attack, you know? He's going to have that his whole career. It's not going to go away. Just 37% from three for someone like him. When you, If you were to listen to ESPN announcers and the national media and even, even maybe like the local media too, you would think that Bradley Beal is shooting, you know, 43% from the perimeter, <laughs> you know? Like, like from three. 
And he and he's just not. It's funny watching the finals because every single time that whether it's Kyle Korver on the Cavaliers, even LeBron James too, who's not really known as a three-point shooter, but he's still very good at it, I guess, as he's gotten older. And then every time Steph, Clay Thompson, even like players like, you know, before the injury, Andre Iguodala, if they're open, you're going, as a fan of a Wizards team, <laughs> you're watching like the Cavaliers and the Warriors going, this is, the shot's good. It's going to go in. You already know it. And it's it's odd because as a Wizards fan, we don't even really know what that feels like. <laughs> because even with, uh, you know, I guess you could argue that Otto Porter definitely, if he's open and he's set, it's kind of just automatic. <laughs> automatic, get it? <laughs> but yeah, when, you know, when Bradley Beal catches the ball wide open, I go, Brad, you have to make that. Yep. And it, That's and it, exactly what I do. I go, come on, please. And then it, <laughs> you know, misses and then it's, throwing the remote, throwing my phone, walking away from the TV. But it, it's annoying because it reminds me, a few years ago when the Wizards beat the San Antonio Spurs at what was Verizon Center, when Bradley Beal hit LaMarcus Aldridge with the step-back jump shot, I, when he hit that step-back, I stood up from my seat and I walked away. And I was like, that's game. And he nailed that three-pointer. So there was a time in a day where I was confident in Bradley Beal, but it's just been this trend where he is just tired or whatever reason, but every game it starts the same. You go on Twitter, you see uh, blogs that are at the games early, and they're like, oh my god, Bradley Beal's jump shot is a work of art. Oh my god, Bradley Beal is automatic from three. But that's warm-ups. Like you mentioned, like, I mean, JaVale McGee and Andre Drummond are consistently knocking down 35-footers in practice. So it's not like right. like, like yeah. these, guys, these guys are so talented. When there's no one guarding them, they can hit everything. They never miss. But it's in the game when it matters. So I, I think the anxiety thing is interesting because he's, you know, Bradley Beal's so cool. He's, just, he's so calm all the time when it doesn't matter. And that's when he puts up a lot of his points. You know, that's when he makes a lot of his shots. And when it matters – it's like he's pressing, and you also brought up an awesome point that I've thought of, you know, that I've thought about many times, which is, is he doing too much now to the point where it's, he's using his legs a little bit. He's maybe a little tired by the end of a game, and that's affecting his jump shot, because early in his career, first three years or so, every time he put up a jumper, you'd, you'd sit there and you'd go, oh, that's going in, it's automatic, and you'd be right. Because he was. He did have that trajectory early on of, oh my God, this guy's going to be top five shooter in the entire NBA for like the next decade. Now, when he's dribbling the ball so much and he's expending all this energy running a high screen and roll with Marcin Gortat where by the, by the, by the like midway point of that play, Marcin Gortat's setting like three screens for Beal. So much, for, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's extra. He doesn't need to do it. Does it make yeah. him? It, it, he's improved, but does it? It doesn't make the team better. You'd rather if you're gonna if, if you're gonna dribble around the perimeter and you're gonna try to run plays and screens. Let John Wall do that. Bradley Beal just has to sit there, make shots, and choose his moments of when to attack. And when they do that, you've you've kind of seen it in the past. The Wizards are a lot more successful, and they're a better team. 
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And the only reason why I would understand if there's a push to develop his playmaking is if they would just stagger Wall and Beal, and Beal can be like the backup point guard that we've never had. And, you know, Wall sits and Beal gets like five minutes of run with the starters, running the starters. And Beal sits and Wall comes in and does his thing. But there's just a thing where like Brooke uses to stagger Wall and Beal, and I think that's also hurting their development. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that they are so it's kind of what you already mentioned too already in this episode but their skill sets if they would just both stick to what they're elite at their skill sets are so perfect for each other they are literally the perfect players to play with each other if one just sticks to decision making and setting the table and the other just worries about being an insanely lights out shooter they complement each other so well right and, I, and yeah. they just need to be told that, I feel like. Because if Wall's goal every game is to say, I want to hit 20 assists and be the best defensive player on the court, and Beal says, I want to get 30 every night, that works out perfectly. But if their goals are, Wall, is, Wall wants to average you know 28 points with like 10 assists, get his rebound numbers, get his steals numbers... And then Beal is like, I want to get, you know, 28 points and eight assists and eight rebounds. That's not going to work out. There's not enough. There's there's just not enough time and there's not enough basketballs to get all that into play. And I think that's where the know your role or like the constant, you know, the Wizards don't know their role or like they've always like kind of mentioned that post game. You know, players need to accept and understand their roles, blah, blah, blah. They could be talking about each other because they need to understand they need each other to exist to be successful. Yeah, and I think, you know, to kind of wrap up here, in a perfect world, this team, if you look at, like, how they could maybe possibly compete for an NBA Finals within the next five years, right? That perfect world would be John Wall averaging 14, 15 16 assists per game, 13 to 15 points. Maybe not even shooting that much, just being super efficient, attacking, going to the rim whenever it's, you know, whenever there's an opening. And then Bradley Beal putting up that 28, 29, 30 points per game. That would be the perfect marriage of both of their skill sets and what they're both good at. And I, th- I think right now, like you said, 
they're at a weird crossroads. They're not on the same page. They're, they don't realize how perfectly suited they are for each other. And both of them, both of them, are trying to do too much. John Wall's trying to sit there and shoot threes. Bradley Beal's sitting there trying to be a distributor. It's just so unnecessary, and they just need to get together on the same page. So I think, I think me and you agree. I'm going to wrap up the episode here. It's going to be a, a cool end to the week. Um, middle of next week, I'm going to have on Mr. Kevin Clapper from Twitter. A lot of you guys know him from Wizards Twitter. A lot of you guys, a lot of you guys, maybe even you, Arthur, I don't know, but kind of, he can maybe be a little abrasive only because, not because he doesn't know the sport, he does, not because he doesn't love the Wizards, he does. He's a little, he can, he can properly critique John Wall in a way that I can't, in a way that Arthur, you can't, uh, that, that our co-host Becca cannot, because we kind of just have rose-colored glasses when it comes to John Wall, so feel like it's important to get someone with a different perspective and he lo- he loves John Wall too he's just he's able to critique him properly and I think it's going to be a good episode um I mean we'll 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 have that next week but it's going to be <laughs> Mr. Kevin Clapper is going to have a ton to say about that next week um guys thank you so much for checking out the Lockdown Wizards podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network guys we have the best host the best inside. Don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA show. It's Monday through Friday. We're going to get out of here. Arthur, it was a pleasure. Thanks for being on with me, man. Thank you, bro. <laughs> and uh, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff the rest of the week. All right, guys, this is, this is going to be a wrap. Thanks for checking out the pod. Guys, we'll see you next time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.